Good morning, everyone. Let's get started on this Jeremiah. Um, we'll try to knock it out. And I'll just post it every day. As I, um, as I get it done. So, let's get to it. Welcome to Dr. Lovely Scotch Cafe. It's your host, Dr. Lovely. Here. The word of Yahu. The son, oh, excuse me, of Kelki Yahoo. Kelki Yahoo means portion of Yahweh. That's what it means. Portion of God. Of the priest that were in Anathi, Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, in the land of Benjamin. Hmm. This begins as a remarkable collection of writings revealed through the prophet Jeremiah. He was a prophet of 40 years. It was um, a tremendous display of faithfulness and courage in the face of great discouragement and opposition and small results, as we said before. And the reason why it was discouragement was It's like being in a city of people and you're the only person that has the mindset to serve God. It's kind of like like today. It's like looking around you like you're no longer a Christian which America is a culture of Christianity, everything that's done in the country is attested to Christianity, even though you have people excuse me, of other cultural backgrounds and other um, faiths. But the interesting thing is, is even though people are of other cultures and other faiths, Majority of the people still keep the principles. And I and I, I say principles, and I talked to someone yesterday. He's like, what do you mean principles? Um, well, the, the practices then, right, of um, Christianity. And they are their ideologies, um, the way they think um, is surrounded by Christianity. Um, their high holy days, um, which we now call holidays, and if you look up the definition, it means exactly what I just said. Holy days are Christian um, with paganistic roots. 
and everything that this culture is about has a Christian connotation. You no longer see um, the indigenous people's culture, right? Because this is an indigenous people's country, but their culture is completely wiped out, right? So, um, and that's what I mean. So if you're someone who thinks different and have different practices, even when I do therapy, do you, re- do you realize that's one of the things that's set as a marker to cause distress and depression? And it's something that we don't pay attention to, but it's a very big factor. For anyone that comes into this country of a different faith and a different culture, living within this culture literally cause distress. So for Jeremiah, you can understand why he would have discouragement and opposition and very little results. And the difference is he lived in a his own country that had his own culture, but it was taken over by other beliefs and practices. That's just like someone coming into this country and in the course of 40 years of your life, you are seeing it change as it is now. And the culture is constantly, is, is literally shifting so quickly. And, and to be honest, think about it, how majority of us in, the, in our 40s, 50s, and 60s, we lived a completely different life. But the customs and practices and the acceptance of a lot of things that's going on in our culture right now is completely foreign to us because it's not something we grew up with. So you can imagine all of the people who refuse to adhere to what they're being forced to believe. It's the same thing. So if you're really looking at what's what's going on with Jeremiah and, and the king at the same time, the two people who are trying to get the people back on track for what their culture was and their um, practices was is difficult. It's like having a conversation right now with people about Jesus. Nigga, someone told me yesterday that Jesus is God and it doesn't matter what his name is. It's the same thing. What the fuck? How? God came down. I said, why would he come down? Why would he need? Why would God need to come down? He's never come down before. But this is a common practice. In, the, in Rome, if you learned or studied anything about the gods of Rome, they always came down. It wasn't a common practice for, for, the, pre, for the Hebrew people to see anything like that. Because God never needed to come down. For what? He was everywhere. His essence is in everything. 
Yeah, niggas. He's connected to everything. Why would he come down? It makes no logical sense when his essence is everywhere. When he's unified in everything within this earth. You understand how illogical that would be? And none of us know the laws, statutes, or commands, so how will we know if they were violating any of the things they believe? I told the person that, and I'm going to get to it, I told the person that the law stated that no one can die for another person's sin. Well, she said, well, no man can. And then I said, so God died for our sins? Yeah. How does God die? (laughs) It puzzled her that I asked that question. She didn't have an answer for me then. What he's already said up here. Before you and after you, God can't die. So what? You know how people ask the question, well, who was here before God? Well, he already answered the damn question. There is none before me, nor will there be any after me. Ah, shit. I bet you people didn't know he said that. Therefore, he can't not die. Because he doesn't have the essence of man. So once again, when we're challenged by our own beliefs, we still refuse to see what's being said. Even though it's written, they just don't see it because they're told the Old Testament is done away with and there's no need for them to look for it there. So I ain't going to look for something that I know don't exist. And my story to her was, well, who told you that he, he, he was God? And you know what people say? Well, he's black, so we're going we gonna to believe it that way. We have a really skewed way of seeing stuff. It's because we, 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 we practiced in school how to follow and not, and not, and not think outside our own self. That's why we deal with this. We're taught to follow in our educational system and not question things. And that's the reason why we get to this place. But my statement to her was I was already there. But you believe God can die. And the most interesting thing is she said... It's just a concept. It's based on a name. But it's still the same God that everybody else serves. Well, that's not what he said. How is it? When the children of Israel couldn't even bring a gift unto God that other nations had, he would not he wouldn't receive it. 
So if you understand God is that finicky about who brings what to him, then you better understand he's finicky about a lot of shit that we say he's okay with. But once again, who told it to us? And my last thing is, y'all forgot about that book on how to convert niggas into Christians. Nobody ever talks about that. Maybe one day we'll read it. See what's in it. Do you know even in Hebrew or in the Hebrew understanding, nobody goes to heaven? But they sold that lie to you too. So everybody think they're going to heaven. How can you go to heaven? Everybody goes to Sheol. Now, ain't that something? Yeah. Moving on. Hmm. The precise meaning of the name is unknown. With suggested interpretations, including the Lord finds or Jehovah finds, and Jehovah exalts, and Jehovah throws down. Get um, Harrison, who were in Anathoth, since Jeremiah was from a priestly family, it made sense that they lived in Anathoth. It's an interesting name, Thoth. Because that's an Egyptian god. Thoth. So I'm going to have to look into that. Which was a small village about three miles from Jerusalem. It was in the land of Benjamin. But given over as a priestly city during Joshua, or in Joshua 21 and 18. Let's go there real quick so we can see what he's saying. Joshua 21, colon 18. It says, Anathoth and Almon, together with their pasture lands for towns, this is what they were given for the priests. Because, you know, priests really didn't have um, inheritance or a land that they actually could um, inherit and pass down. But I guess they found a spot to give to them to stay in. Um, yeah, from vintage, from, from vantage points in Anathoth, one could clearly see the walls of Jerusalem, and Jeremiah grew up not in the great capital, but within sight of it. You think about, um, that too, right? He's disconnected from what's in the city. And it's like 
if you've ever had like a big city, but you live outside on the outskirts of the city, you're close to it, but you're not actually within it. And oftentimes there's a lot of things going on within the city that you miss. Um, And you hear friends talking about, you know, the activity going on within the city. But when it's negative, you are protected from it. So you're not immersed in all of the negativity going in that space. So when you really think about he was kind of shielded from some things, too, which is which is an interesting thing in essence. Um, when you look at it from that perspective, I think a lot of times we don't look at things in that manner. So to whom the word of Jehovah came in the days of Jerusalem, I mean, Jeho- uh, Jehosha Yahu, um, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. So in the 13th year of the reign of Yehosha Yahu, the son of Ammon, the king of Judah. This is when God establishes Jeremiah and begin to um, deal with him. And he's very young. I recall when my, my oldest son, you know, we we um, we went to church a lot. And he 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 started getting very serious with God at a, a very young age. Um. And by the time he was probably about 15, he, you could see him, God transforming him. And he began to speak through him. And that's when I realized how um, powerful he really was as a, as a man of God. And um, up until the age of about maybe 20 You've seen him um, develop this relationship. Something happened in the sense where he just completely um, fight against, started fighting against it. And then we we were having, I was talking to him about these things. And he's just saying that um, whatever situations or circumstances that happened to, to him, he just... You know, he asked and said something, and and he didn't receive what he asked for. So my thought to him recently was, you were asking the wrong person. Um, Whatever you were asking for, it wasn't the God we know today. Um, It's interesting when you find a lot of people saying that about God. The creator, but in essence, they're actually not talking to him they're talking to JC and they're seeking answers and questions from him and they're not the same so when you understand that um it changes a whole narrative for you and and um I think about a lot of times the firstborn sons I've seen um, I often have this um connection and sense, and I guess it depends on the descendants of who that father is, um, which is a possibility of um his connection and where it comes from. Uh, which is which is really interesting in itself. 
to have to be a priestly line on his father's line. Something completely different. Um, but when you when you combine genetics, um, the mother and the father, you get some very interesting things. So when you begin to see the the inner workings of, you know, mother and and the father, and the, um, we we have a a prophetic line on um. I have a prophetic line on both sides. My dad and my mom both are seers. So my abilities are going to be greater than someone who just has one parent. Um, it depends on how that formulates and come forth. The very interesting thing also is um, you'll see, um, you'll have people who have a small, uh, a strong inkling and know that they have a purpose of God. But some people never develop it. They have the pull, and he's pulling at them, but they don't even know how to to get to the space or place that um, he's calling them to, which is a very interesting thing in itself. <clears throat> um, um, the prophecy, like all inspired scripture, is both the word of man and the word of Yahweh. It is the divinely inspired and infallible word of Yahweh, but brought through the personality of men. But the interesting thing about that is truth in essence, but we also know that the English Bible don't have appropriate translations. Um, and it really takes for us to really start getting into studying the Hebrew and how it is formulated to really get the understanding we need. And I'm looking forward to getting into studying that um, fully and securely. Uh, It's like the inspired scripture. As both the word of men and the word of Yahweh, it is divinely inspired and an infallible word of Yahweh, but through the personality of men. When Yehoah uses a person, he does not erase their personality. No, he doesn't. But he can. And not really erase it, but transform it. Um, Because you're never who you used to be. You constantly are shifting um, the more you grow spiritually, you change so much, um, which is which is a good thing. And you all wanted a man with a very gentle and tender heart for this um, unrewarding ministry of condemnation, which is true. And dealing with God's people isn't easy. You already see what I was talking about earlier today with the lady and Jesus. Even though God told me stop fucking with them folks. Okay, now. Um, but it's your heart towards the people and wanting to see them know the truth. Some of us just don't want to. Career shows that the hand, this quality in full measure 
in the days of Josiah. King Josiah was one of the better kings of of Judah. Zealous for reform. He wanted to turn things around because all of the other kings caused the people to sin. According to Second Chronicles 3, I'm 34 and 3. It was in the eighth year of Josiah's reign that he sought um, Judah. And a few years later began an aggressive campaign to purify Israel of idolatry and to turn to Jehovah. And call these two giants, both Josiah and Jeremiah, to serve him and his people at the same time. Each supported the other, and through, though they did not leave behind an enduring, transformed Judah, they served Jehovah faithfully and removed every excuse Judah might offer for the judgment that eventually came through Babylon. And if we remember the cher- the curses and the judgments of Deuteronomy 28 that I read the other day, you'll understand what the people are up against and what God is going to be saying when he's, when, he, when he's talking to the people and what they're getting ready to deal with. You know how hard-headed our people can be. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Yoseyaku, uh, king of Judah, until the end of the element of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Yoseyahu, king of Judah, and to the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So it's telling you how long it took for the prophecy to unfold that Jeremiah has spoke over them. So when you think about what God did was he removed every excuse the people had. Every excuse they had to continue on the things they're doing. So it's like having a conversation about Christmas and the rest of those things and telling the people that God said these things are incorrect telling them they not sh- they shouldn't eat the foods and things that they eat but still they still do it because this is the things that they choose and the things that they want to do and they don't care our people are stubborn and it takes a shaking to get them to understand a thing do you I watched a um a news clip last night of a Hispanic man, but he was dark. He looked like a nigga. But he wasn't from here. He was an immigrant. He robbed the store after he didn't handle it the first time. They were arresting him. He was out on the streets in three hours. Niggas. Where in the f- okay, anyway. In three hours. Two days later, he robbed the store again by knife. Out again. 
next thing you know, he's 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 caught again. A couple days later, what is he doing? He is having chicks knock on people's doors, and when people start looking in their wallets or purses to help them, they bombard the the folks and and come in the house and and rob them. Mind you, they got free fucking rent, food stamps, and they getting paid three grand a month, and they still fucking robbing people. Think about that shit. This is what they brought here. But they lock y'all ass up for bullshit. I've been singing and saying this for so long, telling people what's coming and how all of these people doing the stuff they doing is going to be pointed at you because you dark too. These people, they're giving them money to buy up property and everything. Let's not, at least you not forget that Black, Black Rock. Black Rock is, is, is Dick Cheney's company. Remember Black Rock from, from when they was over um, establishing everything in the Middle East when they went over there for war and fixing all up the stuff? That's the same motherfucking Black Rock. You tell people stuff they don't. We don't want to hear shit. I know y'all get tired of me complaining, but we don't hear. And we we can't even work together to establish something, to start putting together things, cause this shit finna get real rough. I don't want to be staying in no motherfucking apartment. I would prefer to be buying up some property. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of um, the king of Judah, into the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem, captive the fifth month. Then the word of Jehovah came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet unto the nations, a prophet to the nations, to Israel, who behave like the nations. But that's not what he meant. He spoke to the other nations. He dealt with Egypt. He dealt with Babylon, so he was a prophet to what? The nations. <laughs> I, I, I love the way Christians justify shit. Um, a prophet from your midst, etc. Deuteronomy 18 and 15, that's what he said. He said um, he, would, he would bring other people like Moses that would speak. To the people, because the people refused to have God directly deal with them. Y'all wonder why y'all can't hear the voice of my, everybody can't hear it? Because one, it ain't meant for everybody to hear. He's only talking to Israel. That's one. And number two, 
the people of Israel said they didn't want to hear it. They'd rather have somebody else tell them, even though technically when they did that, that changed the narrative for them as well. So not only did they reject it to hear the voice of God. So when God was dealing with his people, the niggas said they lied. <laughs> Listen to what's being said and really pay attention to the narrative of the things that we say, nor we find comprehension of understanding in because we refuse things. But God said he dealt with Israel face to face. And he did this with no other nation. And that was that his name be something. But he put a spirit on them that the other people would follow. And it's funny because people followed us in the beginning. I mean, we followed others at the beginning. But now there's a change in the tide here. And people are now following us. So there's something that happened. Even though they know we will follow our own. So they pay our people to lead us astray. Y'all ain't got that yet. All of the ones that you like to listen to and hear, they paying them to lead you astray. Because they know you'll only follow your own. As the others follow you. Oh, y'all ain't got that. It's okay. It's okay. I know that went over your head, but it's okay. It's okay. A prophet to the nations I made you. To the children of Israel who departed themselves. With the customs of the nations. And it can further be interpreted. A prophet for the nations. Like about the nations. To give them to drink the cup of poison. To prophesy retribution upon them. And it said. Take this cup of wine. Of my wrath. From my hand. And you shall give all the nations to drink of it. Hmm. Another explanation of when you had not yet emerged from the womb, I appointed you as. Is concerning you. I said to Moses, I will set up a prophet like unto you. This is one. This one will prove them. And this one reproved them. Oh, shit, I said that twice, didn't I? This one prophesied for 40 years. And this one prophesied. How did, I, I don't know how I did that. It's okay. Um, then said I, Jeremiah, Ah, uh, Adonai, behold, I can not speak, for I am a child. How many of us say, oh, Adonai, I can't speak because I don't know what to say to you children. Oh, Adonai, I can't do this. You want me to do what? I can't do this job. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. How can I do it? I've heard people say, I don't know what to say. 
I don't have the words to say. Moses said the same thing. I can't talk. He 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 stuttered. So he told him to use his brother to give him the words to say. And over time, he no longer, Aaron was moved out the way. And that might have been why he was salty. He was a, he was a person forefront. Moses didn't do any talking. So all of a sudden, he's no longer in the forefront. And Moses got all the glory. And maybe that's the reason why. Some of us don't know how to serve. But Yahweh said unto me, Say not, I'm a child, for you shall go to all that I shall send you. And whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. Yes. Yes, Father, I heard that. <sighs> Man, I had such a horrible day yesterday. I, um... I texted the boo, and I didn't even tell him what I wanted to say to him. I just kept it to myself. It's just been so hard. This is why we're not made to be alone. We're supposed to have people we can um, that can bear our burdens that we come and want to talk to them about. Be our sounding board to tell us everything will be okay. (sighs) To walk with you through the midst of it. So when you're battling it alone, it's hard. And I could say I shot myself in the foot, but, you know, it's like that sometimes. We have to learn. That Yahweh is nothing to be trifled with. So when he tells you to do something, you do it immediately. If you don't do it immediately, there'll be repercussions. And all the shit I'm dealing with right now is my own doing. So I can't, I can only take, take it in stride and understand that when he says something, he means it. And it's different because I didn't grow up knowing these things. It's called trial and error. You, you you do it and it's not the same. It's not the same, you know. He says something, he means it, and you have to follow suit in it. Because there'll be a series of repercussions that you don't even want to deal with. So knowing how to serve Yehoah is not the same as serving J.C., you can give J.C. all the excuses you want. But when Yehoah commands you to do something, you do it. You don't wait. So he says, but Yehoah sent to me, say not, I'm not a child. For you shall go to all that I send you. And wherever I command you to speak, be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says Jehovah. Then Jehovah put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And Jehovah said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms 
to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. Moreover, the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Yahu, do you see? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. A rod is used for discipline, which is how God intends to use it. This particular rod, though, is an almond branch. <clears throat> the significance of the almond branch is connected to the fact that the almond branch. Ooh, I got glasses now because the bird just getting a little blurry. It is connected to the fact that almond trees are the first to wake up after winter. They are watching trees, i.e. trees that watch. Excuse me, for the approaching of spring. So the branch will be a watching rod. Okay, so deck means watch. Why has the KJV given hasten? Because a lot of times, um, there are certain words that trans change the meaning of a particular word, and that's because if you don't study um, Hebrew and its linguistics, you will make mistakes. But then we're also dealing with our new version of the language itself. Some some Edomite then changed the language itself, added dots and dashes because why would the people who grew up with the language and understood the language changed the the system. It had to have been the converted Jews who had a hard time um, with the language itself and needed a way to understand how to actually write it uh, proficiently. So they changed the writing system. It makes the most logical sense. The more you start digging into the history of some of the things that we don't know because of Christianity um, and Judaism, because that's a religion separate from the people themselves. That's the that's a that's a religion of converted Hebrews. That's a story for another day, niggas. Because a lot of Christians don't know that either. Okay. So that means to watch. Um, it also goes back to what a prophet's job is. 
They're known as watchmen, right? And their job is to watch the people or to tell them or to warn them. Or their job is always to turn their hearts back to um, God. That's their job. Then said Jehovah unto me, you have well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Meaning, he, he it's not gonna it's not gonna take a long time. It's gonna be speedily. Soon as he said, it, it's gonna happen. It ain't gonna be a long time before it goes forth. And the word of Jehovah came unto me a second time, saying, "What do you see?" And I said, "I see a seething pot, and a face thereof is toward the north." Then Jehovah said unto me. Out of the north, an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. Hmm. Interesting, right? There was something that came forth out of the north now. And, and Yehoah said unto me, Out of the north, an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. For, lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north. And he said, All the families. Of the kingdoms of the north. Hmm. Very interesting. Says Yahuwah. And they shall come and they shall set everyone his throne. At the entering of the gates of Jerusalem. And against all the walls thereof round about it. And against all the cities of, Ju- of Judah. Hmm. And I will utter my judgments. Against them touching all their wickedness who have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods and worship the works of their hands. <laughs> it's funny how people always think about statues when they talk about the works of their hands. But niggas worship the works of their hand. They always talk about what they didn't done and what they created and what they didn't have. It's like the common factor that you hear all the time. Their jobs... And their ability to provide for themselves is the shit they constantly worship. Think about that. Y'all some bragging ass nicks. Oh, it ain't new. Y'all some gold wearing flashy ass niggas. That ain't new. They talk about this stuff here. You therefore gird up your loins and arise and speak unto them from beginning and end all that I command you. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound you before them. Don't be afraid of what they, their faces look like. You know how black people look. You know how we are. Gird up your loins. Just, just put, put, like, get ready, cause it's all about to go down. So you, he's telling you to prepare yourself. You, you understand that's the common theme that we've been hearing. All oh, you, you've been ha- hearing me saying, get prepared. I've been telling you stuff is going down. I've been telling you y'all been done learning to work together and pull together and and work together, get some resources together. Y'all need to start stocking up shit. It's gonna be, just, just, just listen. For behold, I have made you this day a defense city, 
and an iron pillar and a brazen and brazen walls, brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the princes, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. He said, "Braze, braze is bold." This is why I be telling you about them little, them little Cherokee niggas with their attitude and that aggressiveness. Because he had, they had to be bold concerning these folks. A lot of them with the priestly um, background. They have an aggressiveness. <laughs> they ballsy. And they tough. They not, they not soft. Because you have to be. You, you dealing with these niggas. These same niggas y'all see every day. You know you have to have. You got to be tough to deal with them. You can't be soft. Not doing this work. And they shall fight against you. But they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says Yahuwah, to deliver you. So you don't have to be worried or afraid. You don't have to worry about what you're going to say. Because he's going to tell you what you're going to say. Moreover, the word of Yahuwah came to me saying, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says Yahuwah, I remember you, the kindness of your youth. The love of your espousal, your spouse. When you went after me in the wilderness, in the land that was not shown. Among the Israelites, this was the ceremony of betrothal. Or coming under obligation for the purpose of marriage. And was a mutual agreement between the parties, which usually proceeded in marriage. Sometimes. The espousal frequently took place years before the parties were married. Normally, you have families that come together and say, okay, well, I got my son, you got your daughter, we're going to get them, we're going we gonna to make sure that they, you know, they get married. Because we want to link up with right folks. I've been, it's been, it's been, I've been talking all week about genetics. I've been talking all week about the people you want to, you want to merge life with. You remember a long time ago, families came together and sat down because I want to know who the fuck you are in your family. Because you finna marry into my family. We taught our children the importance of who they laid up with. Funny how all of a sudden nigga men are paying attention to this shit now. We lost these we we lost these principles, but now all of a sudden men are like, "Wait a minute. I got to really think about who I'm laying up with." Who the person next to me is. I need a treasure. I heard something very interesting yesterday, real quick, while I'm here. Because I thought it was worthy of saying, and I think it's the perfect statement of what I heard the young man say. Because it was a young man. And I told y'all old ass men, these young men over here running circles around y'all ass. 
and wisdom and an understanding. All I got to say is my... Last time I checked, the Bible said, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So I'm not looking for no girlfriend. And I'm also not searching to make you a wife. I might want to make you my wife. But that's it, he who finds a wife. That means when I found you, you were already wife material. Doesn't mean we can't grow together. But I'm not finna teach nobody how to love me. And what I'm also not gonna do is, I'm not gonna make you my girlfriend. Because you can't find me one time in the Bible where it says the word girlfriend. That's a social construct. Somebody who wanted to feel a sense of possession made the concept of boyfriend and girlfriend. When truthfully, it still means nothing. It just gives you um, a socially plausible right to take claim to somebody. But there's no... This young man is intelligent. And I'm, and I'm loving it. Nigga. Tells me that he's thinking deeply about what the word tells him about what he should be looking for. But he's right. Because our social constructs are... Legal binding behind it. There's no covenant. There's no anything. No, the nigga said there's no covenant. But we did have covenants. We had contracts. Where we sat together and said, hey, we having this dialogue. This is what I promised to give you. This is what the promise to give me. Oh, we have to hold each other accountable for the things that we don't do to or for one another. That's where families then got in. To hold them accountable for the shit they did. But we no longer value families either, right? So therefore, boom. But it's funny because when I... <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. I, I, listen. People put labels on the marriage aspect of today. That's not how our people got married. Our people married by what I'm saying. They had mutual agreements. They talked about what they were going to do within the marriage to hold each other accountable for when they slipped in the marriage. They didn't do it the way we do it today. So people skew or understanding of marriage is all fucked up. If you wanted to do it legal to have access to the things that you can receive legally, then that's fine. But that's not really what marriage is to God either. Different and girlfriend relationships do is provide a bunch of unnecessary temptations so that you'll idolize what you and that person have going over God. Think about it. Idolize what you have going over God, meaning God is not even a factor in the relationship factor. It means that your mind is something else is on some other shit that have nothing to do with why you come together as as one. But this. okay. If you take sex out of the equation, what does a boyfriend girlfriend relationship really possess that a solid friendship or best friend doesn't already provide? I'll wait. Like, really think about it. People are shacking, living together, you know what I'm saying, engaging in premarital sex, having kids. If you take that out the picture, I could go to the movies with my friend. I could go to a nice dinner date with a friend. I could sit at their house and play board games with a friend. I can share my deepest, darkest secrets with a friend. And this is the part that's going to ruffle some people's feathers. I can think my friend is cute. I can think my friend has a nice body. 
I can think my friend is a great person. I can think that me and my friend are compatible. But there's a boundary of being friends that makes you not want to cross a certain line. But that's a healthy line not to cross. It's the type of line that builds a respect and um, a sense of honoring a person and admiring a person far beyond this. The See, he going with the, the physical factor. But us, I'm not even thinking about physicalness. Because a lot of times we always get there. And that's not what a relationship is built on. It ain't built on that shit. It ain't built on physicality. That's not a relationship. That's 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 just flesh. Just ignorance. Because that's all that drives today's world is sex. They don't think about shit else but sex in relationships. There's more to a relationship than that. But he goes on to say. Physical. So once you do get to the point where, okay, you say, boom, I propose, we get married. Now the physical is an addition to how much you admire what this person has about themselves. Not something that helps you to continue to admire them. Because fact of the matter is, one day you're going to look up and your body parts down there don't work no more. Your booty ain't the same. Your hips ain't as wide. You ain't as curvy. You ain't got as many muscles. And things just don't operate how they used to. And now you're back to square one. Being friends. Now you have to be a life partner. Have you created a sustainable life partner for yourself outside of the component of sex? The foundation of this will be built on how you started your relationship. Not to say things can't change and improve. A lot of people start off their relationships in very rocky forms and it ended up being a great thing. I'm just saying if you really want to alleviate a lot of unnecessary and preventable stress, start it off as friends, screw that boyfriend-girlfriend label, and build something that's more stable than a label. You know, do things together, be interactive, go out to different places, and enjoy the friendship of the moment instead of skipping straight to the romance because if i'm being real with y'all romance is like the final form but it's not the most enjoyable part it's like getting married without going on a honeymoon you just ruin the fun the friendship phase is where you get the time to figure out what certain boundaries you want to set what type of stuff do you want to do with this person like do you want to joke around with this person do y'all play fight do y'all do xyz like y'all crack jokes at each other 24 7 that's the kind of stuff you do as friends that you might skip and miss out on if you just go straight to romance like learn this person become best friends because that's what a husband and a wife were meant to be they're best friends they just procreate but some of y'all get so stuck in this looking for love thing when last time I checked, love doesn't only come in the form of romance. And the best form of love is the purest form of love. That's right. But I ain't going to say too much because a lot of people ain't going to agree. But me personally, the day I find a mother for my dog, she going to be my best friend first. Love it or leave it. But he approves. <laughs> Tell her what's up. <laughs> Young niggas got y'all old niggas on, on 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 some real shit. And and I heard someone say the other day about um older women dating younger men, but younger men are pursuing older women because they giving them what he asked for, which is 
the pursuing of a relationship. Being, they want to pursue. They want to engage and be connected. And that's why they're doing that. And the old women looking like, these young niggas out here on some real shit. They really want to be in a relationship. You feel me? Shit. This nigga on some real shit. Who can't, stay, who can't stand up and take note of that? When somebody really has the understanding to say that they know that relationships about pursuing. Because he's talking about pursuing. And the pursuit is not about sex. The pursuit is he's pursuing the mind and getting to know who the person is inwardly, putting the time in, engaging in the relationship, engaging in the relationship. He said, talking, getting out and enjoying life, playing around, you know, all the fun shit. About being connected to someone. Right. That's all I'm saying. Shit. He on some real shit right there. I, I'm I'm feeling it. I'm I'm on it. I'm ready for it. Shit, I'm ready for that fully. He's lonely in this motherfucker. Um Yeah tired of being by myself um go and cry in the ears of Yerushalayim saying thus says Yehovah I remember you in the kindness um of your youth the love of your exposal when we went after me in the wilderness in the land that was not shown Israel was holiness unto Yehovah and the first fruits of his increase, all that devoured him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them also, says Jehoah. Verse 3, Israel was holiness unto Jehoah, fully consecrated to his service. The first fruits of his increase, they were as holy, they were as holy um, Yehoah's, as the first fruits were the property of the priests according to the law. Numbers 18 and 3. They were given the first fruits because that was what they used to um, survive. And not only did they use that first fruits for themselves, but they took care of, of children and other people as well. With the with the first fruits of the the um the the land, as they were betrothed by Yehoah, they were considered his his special property. They therefore, who injured them, were considered as laying violent hands on the property of God, and they who persecuted God's children have a grievous burden to bear, an awful account to give. Think about that. It's like having a wife and you beholding of your wife. And if someone does something to her, 
it's going to enrage you. And you're going to deal with the person that hurt her. It's the same thing. God's people were very special or are very special to him. And anyone who's done anything to them, they got something to deal with. Mind you, what I read the other day about Christopher Columbus studying the prophecy of Isaiah saying that he he knew it was the fulfillment of Isaiah when he came here. Come on, y'all. Hear ye the word of Jehovah. So he knew the children of Israel were here. So him coming here to do what he did, he knew what he did. I told y'all these people knew who it were. I told y'all these people had no problem with doing wrong unto us because they knew that God had left his people. (laughs) And the Pope were okay with doing it. That's a story for another day, though. Hear the word of Yahuwah, house of Israel. On the house of Jacob. So he's speaking to the 12 now. He's not talking to the to the individual uh, nation. And all the families of the house of Israel. Now he's talking to the nation of Israel. Um, obedience in Hebrew is Shammah. It means to listen as well. It means to hear, to listen, and to give attention, to understand, to submit, and to obey. Shama means to hear, to listen, to give attention to, to understand, to submit, and to obey. There are only one word in Hebrew for obedience, and it is Shama. This Hebrew word is also generally translated as hear. So hear means to obey. So when you are literally hearing what God is telling you, it means that you must obey what is being said to you. There's no in-between. Father, talk to me. The Hebrew word is also translated as hear. Deuteronomy 6 um, four and nine. I, I um is hero Israel Yahuwah our, uh, Elohim Yahuwah is one alone. You shall love Yahuwah your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today, you shall it shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up and when you bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlet between your eyes like before you everywhere you go. They should be right there. You should see them all day, every day. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house, on your gates. And in Exodus uh, 23 and 22, but if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. To understand there is something you receive by being obedient to God. Um, 
and walking in his principles. Um, Thus says Yehoah, what iniquity have your fathers found in me? That they are gone far from me and have walked after vanity and are become vain. Vanity is anything that has no fruit. You don't gain anything from doing it. There's nothing that you actually tie to your soul and growth of self um, when when it's being done. So anything that you do in vain has no, no benefit to you. Yeah. So when he's saying the things that you are doing have no benefit to you, he's telling you that the things that you are connected to, all of the things that you uh, um, associate yourself with around about you on a daily basis are not really benefiting you for the long run. Um, Have they they ever discovered anything cruel against oppressive people? Um, unjust, oppressive in my laws. He says, is there anything cruel, unjust, or oppressive about the laws I've given you? Now, you already realize that God is talking about his laws being just. Now, how the fuck do Christians get something completely different? This is what he's saying here. Anything unkind or tyrannical about my judgments, why then have they become idolaters? While Josiah was reconstructing an outward form of Judah's practices, Jeremiah was searching into the deeply rooted attitudes of the people and trying to bring about a truly a true spiritual change within them. They contrast the nation's present sad condition with its devotion to God in former days. They connected and tried to make them understand the connection between the city itself when we worshiped and we followed God wholeheartedly versus where we are now. It's like saying, looking to the children of Israel and all the bullshit they went through and God kept dealing with them and they really couldn't understand what the benefit of worshiping God in fullness was and in the point where we are now. What's the benefit of worshiping Jay-Z? Where we at with it? Just saying. Um, he contrasts the nation present um, sad condition with a devotion to God in the former days. Israel once loved God as a bride loves her husband. She, you know, that, there's that newness in you when you get married. My coworker, she got her, her. She just she's only been married for a whole year. Her husband died, and we were talking yesterday about the hardship of. Um, she said, "I'm just tired of being sad," and I just told her, you know, find some positive things around about you, and then do some some um, something that to bring honor to his memory. When your husband died, when you're still fairly new in marriage. It's a hard thing because there's that love that you have for your for your man. But that love is supposed to be throughout life. That's the one you're supposed to marry, the one that makes you feel good every day. The one you don't mind seeing and waking up to. The one that brings your heart joy every time you hear his voice, every time you see his face. Where you just want to be in a presence all the time. But most of us don't know that love. Man, 
I heard a cold, um, man, I heard a cold poem yesterday, and I was like, damn, whew, it was something, but I'll I play it another day. God now challenges the nation to produce proof that her turning away from God was resulted from any failure on God's part. Well, we know it wasn't no failure on his part. We already know needs to trip. He brought his people out of Egypt, cared for them on their long journey through harsh, dry country, and gave them a pleasant, fertile land and gave in and to live in. They polluted the land by their wickedness under the leadership of ungodly priests, ignorant teachers, corrupt rulers, and worthless prophets. They turned away from God and followed the religious practices of their heathen neighbors. Well, niggas, when people say Jesus ain't benefited us, it only benefits the preachers. You can understand why I say that. Just saying. Neither say they were as Yahuwah that brought us up out of the land of Mizraim that led us through the wilderness, through the land of deserts and of pits, through the land of drought and of the shadow of death, through the land that no man passes through and where no man dwelleth. Through the wilderness, Egypt was the house of their bondage, the desert through which they passed after they came out of Egypt was a place where the means of life were not to be found. There no one no one family could subsist, much less a company of six hundred thousand men. God's mentioned these things to show that it was by the bounty of an especial pro- um, providence that they were fed and preserved alive previously to this. It was a land through which no man passes, in which no man dwells. And why? Because it did not produce the means of life. It was the shadow of death and its presence and the grave to those who committed themselves to it. And imagine being in a wilderness where there is no life for 40 years, nigga. You know God had to preserve they ass through the fact that there was nothing that they had to live off of anyway. And I brought you into a plentiful country. They eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land and made my heritage abominations. And I brought you out of a plentiful country, the land of Canaan, my land, the particular property of God, which he gave to them as an inheritance, they being his particular people. The priest said, not where is Yehoah? And they that handle the Torah knew me not. The people who are responsible for giving God the, the, the law and teaching the people the right way didn't even know who God was. Hmm. 
And the pastors also transgressed against me. And the prophets prophesied by Baal. The Lord. Because that's what Baal means. And walked after the things that do not profit them. (sighs) They that drew out of the law. Whose office it is to explain it. Draw out its spiritual meaning. And to show to what its testimonies refer. The kings and the political and the uh, civil rulers. Those are the pastors. Prophesied by Baal. Became his prophets. And were inspired with the words of lion spirits. Oh, ho, ho. Yes, niggas. Yes. Lion spirits. Wherefore, I will yet plead with you, says Jehovah. After all the shit you've done, I'm still pleading, asking, begging, come back. With your children's children, will I plead? I'll continue to plead even after you gone, even your children. And your children's children. That's three descendants of bleeding, niggas. So, <clears throat> nothing. Therefore, God lays a charge of unfaithfulness against his people and calls upon the sun, moon, and stars and the sun uh, that, that shine upon them to be his witness. He, the nations, remain true to their gods, even though those gods may be lifeless and useless, Israel and Judah, by contrast, in exchange the true and living God for useless gods. Levi, I'm sorry, Leviticus 26 and 3, my soul will abhor you. Is Hebrew idiom is a Hebrew idiom for the extreme disgust God has for idol worship. Well, you say I don't I don't worship idols. Well, do you see God pinned up on the cross? Even Muslims don't have gods in they in their temple. Just saying, they don't have no pictures at all in there. And their profession that they claim to to worship Allah, but Allah is attached to to um, a Jesus like figure. But you gotta, you know, do that digging to find that one. Um, for pass over the Isles of Chittim. Oh shit, Father, niggas, Chittim is Rome. Pass over the isles of Chittim and see and send unto Kedar and consider diligently and see if there be such a thing. <laughs> oh, is that that's this 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 letting you know? Because we know what Rome brought us. Rome gave you Jesus name. That's what it did. Has a nation changed their Elohim? Which are yet no Elohim. 
But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Do nations change their gods? Really, no. Do you know how many years the booze people have been worshiping their God? They brought Christianity there, but it didn't work so deeply. And they still keep the principles of Buddhism, even if they Christian. Same thing with the Hindus. And the Hindus been worshiping their God as long as your ass been worshiping yours. It's one, it's one of the oldest religions in the world. Just saying. <sighs> be astonished, O ye heavens, at this. And be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, says your Oh, shit. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Ooh, pause, Father. What was it? Niggas. Did it say, did it say Jesus? Was the fountains of living water. Father. If you really think about your enemies getting a hold of your book. Or the writings, right, of the Old Testament. And constructing up something very wickedly to give unto you. And they took the sayings within the book. Because let's take it back to what we, the Caesar's Messiah. Remember, remember, remember Caesar's Messiah. Go back and look at it. Go back and listen. Think about it. You literally construct a God after the nation of Israel itself. The attributes of the nation of Israel. The things that the scriptures say about the nation of Israel within your ancestors' writings and create a whole new God out of who your attributes are. Basically, you worshiping yourself, in essence, as a nation. And formulating the imprints of what God says about who he is or who he himself is. Let's go back on time. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says Jehovah. For my people have committed two, it told you, two great, two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, the, uh, the, 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 the living God, the God who created all things. And hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold no water. So if God is the living water, the thing that we need to drink to survive. And if we put, if we use cups or pots, but they were broken and they had cracks in them. So we keep trying to put the water in what we need to survive 
and and every time we go get the water, it, it, by the time you get to where you need to go, ain't no water in the in the bowl. You 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 don't have anything. You you understand the analogy. They acted like people who turned away from the natural spring that gave them a prominent supply of pure water and trusted in their own supply in a cracked vessel they had made themselves. Father, can we say did you did you did you not hear what he's saying here? <laughs> He was telling you what was coming, niggas. Something that they made themselves, that they trusted in, something that they created themselves. Father, come on. Uh, this scripture is way more deeper than what you need to come to understand. And no, but you miss it. And Israel, a servant, is a home-born slave. Father, what was it? Whew. <laughs> Israel, the other nation, because remember, we dealing with two, Israel and, and, and Judah. Israel, uh, a servant, is a home-born slave. Why is he spoiled? Why is he ruined? The young lions roared at, upon him and yelled, and they made his land waste. His cities are burnt without inhabitants. Hmm. Hmm. So it made me go look up some stuff. Israel and Judah boasted that they were God's children, but now they are becoming slaves to other nations. A century earlier, Assyria had invaded the northern kingdom, destroyed its cities, and taken its people into captivity. Also, the children of Nafal, Tekpak, have broken the crown of your of your head, niggas. I went to look up Nafal, or N O P H, N O F, or Nof, and Tupac. and it made me think about Tupac. And I went to digging niggas. And I definitely found some very interesting shit there. But really, the next thing that hit me is gonna is gonna really blow your mind. So when we get to Tech Pack or Panak, have broken the crown of your head. Have you not procured this unto yourself? And that you have forsaken Yehoah Eloeka when he led you by the way. And now that and now what have you and now what have you to do in the way of Mitzrayim to drink waters of Sakur? Ha! I told you when they were seeing well, they were saying that this dream is down towards, towards where the mines is. Nigga, nigga, Ashur, Tupac, Ashur, uh, and, and, and Sakur. Oh, niggas, 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 this, this, where there's smoke, there's motherfucking fire. And I went to digging, but I ain't got time today to go into this. Um, 
as I told you, them things pop out and I just go digging and I, and I found smoke, but that's, that's just another story for another day. Or what have you to do in the way of Ashur to drink the waters of the river? What do you have to do with Asher? To drink the waters of the river of Asher. The gods. Hmm. Your own wickedness shall correct you. Do you think when you see where we are now, a corrupt, degenerate ass nation, do you think our wickedness is going to correct our ass? Think about what we're seeing. Think about the nation. Think about what's happening. This is just the second month in a year. All hell breaking loose. Think about it. The second month of the year. And all the chaos that has ensued in this country in the past two months. If that's the tone of what the year brings. You don't think there's going to be more chaos? Your own wickedness shall correct you, and your backsliding shall reprove you. Know, therefore, and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that you have forsaken Yahuwah Eloheka, and that my fear is not in you, says Yahuwah Sabaoth. Help us to have fear of you. Because if we don't, I don't know what to say. Other nations now threatened the southern kingdom. God warns that it is useless and foolish for Judah to ask either Egypt or Assyria for help. Defend it against enemy invasions. It is useless because such attacks are a judgment on Judah for its disobedience. It is foolish because in seeking aid from a more powerful nation, Judah has pla- is placing itself under that nation's religious influence and political power. True thanks. Whew. But not only did they do that, they also brought ruin upon another nation's head because of their their judgment. So it's like you God is dealing with you. Then you go and ask somebody else for help. And because he's dealing with you, now that person is dealing with the same shit that you dealing with. So you got them in the same mess that you're in. See, we don't understand this action of God. When God says do something, we don't do it, then the repercussions of it, and as we're going through the repercussions of it, and we're not seeking God to pull us out of it, but then we asking people to help us, we end up getting those people in the same shit that we in. Come on here. Let's listen. For... Of old time I have hearkened your, I have broken your yoke. 
and burst your bonds. And you said, I will not transgress. When upon every high hill and under every green tree you wander, playing the harlot. So he said, I I, I broke the yoke. I, I stopped, you know. Stuff from happening. I, I, you kept saying you're going to get it together. So I, I, I broke the, I, I stopped it. You know, I protected you. And I, I allowed you the space to do it. <sighs> and the wooden yoke is an expression of breaking. Um, applies and to the yoke bonds, which are the latter, an expression of tearing open applies. Yoke bonds. Ropes used to shackle the yoke to to the animal, and you you said, "I will not transgress your words, but on every lofty hill, put you but you did not keep your promise for on every lofty hill." You incline. Nay. This is an expression of a bed and a sheet vent. The word serves as an expression to a butt. On every lofty hill. Yet I I planted a noble vine. Holy, a right seed. How then are you turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? I planted you a noble vine. Is branches of good, of a good vine. It's, it's great. It's, it, it was, it's the genetics is perfect. Everything is Right. That is to say, the child of pious and righteous fathers, of a good stock, great lineage. I added for you to the seven commandments of the children of Noah. 606, as in the numerical value of Paiu. You became a degenerate wild vine that grows in the forest. If you think about where our people are now, they are a wild-ass vine. Degenerate, just wreaking havoc everywhere. For though you wash with nitrate and take you much soap, yet your iniquities are marked before me, says Adonai Yahweh. Um, nitrate is what, like, if you ever use that, like the African soap. That's what they put in there. They use nitrate in that in that soap. That's old ancient soap of, of yesteryear.
He's talking about no matter how much you try to clean yourself, you're still dirty unto him. How can you say, I am not polluted? I have not gone after Ben Bella um Bella Bellaim or um, other gods or lords. See your way in a valley. Know what you have done. You are a swift Dhamma tree traversing in her in her ways. See what you have done opposite of Bel Peor. Bel Peor is when they went in the in the woods and had an orgy. They was doing all kind of freaky shit. With people, animals, whatever, I don't know. Just a bunch of wicked ass shit. Just wickedness. What what do you think? You, the, the, the stuff we doing now is making God very angry. Uh, you see kid. I, I saw a woman had her child. She had to have been about maybe five or six. She had her sitting in front of a mirror and she was putting a, a, a lace front rig on her. She had these fake nails. And a little girl was like, yes, girl, yes. I'm just, and we sexualizing our children, our daughters. But we not understanding they're wicked men who are watching you place your children in front of a screen to look at them inappropriately. We we let them walk around in inappropriate fashions. And when somebody does something to your child, you want to be mad. You can't be mad if you ain't set no foundations of the way they should carry themselves. Don't walk around here talking about, oh, nobody should do nothing. Nigga, don't tempt nobody. We tempt, we send our children out here tempting men. You wonder why they snatching up our kids? They watching them. You putting them on, 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 on social media. With no problem. Oh, come on. We've become a degenerate race of people. Of wickedness. And we, we, we want, we, we, oh, man. You know, man. Man, you can't see it coming. You can't, if you can't see it coming based on the stuff we, the things we, oh, man. The thing I saw this week Seven-year-old. Points to me of where we're headed to. A seven-year-old. Violating. Aggressively. Oh, my God the fuck we doing the fuck we doing my god my god my god 
It's hard to protect your children today. A wild ass used to the wilderness that snuffs up the wind at her pleasure in her occasion who can turn her away. All they that seek her will not weary themselves. In her mouth they shall find her. A wild ass. You know a donkey cannot reproduce with itself. So his use in God's eye is is wicked because he told us not to mix um, two different kinds to make one thing. So a donkey yourself is an abomination unto God. So when you see him making this statement, he's saying, Something very serious. But you have to understand Torah to know what he's saying here. A wild ass. And he's saying is wild and abominable. Something that should have never came into existence. Because his youth can't even continue on. Do you understand? In her mouth they shall find her. Hmm. Accustomed to be in the desert, that this, so she loves to wander. That sniffs up the wind. She opens her mouth and sniffs up the wind. And he also turns, returns to his place. Her tendency, like the sea creatures, who can hinder her. That the trait of the sea creature that she has, for also the sea creature snuffs up the wind. As it said, they snuff up the wind like sea creatures. Who can hinder her from that trait? So is it that, is it with you? Who can return you from your evil way? Her tendency is like a wow ass. It's interesting because here it talks about I had some um some Hebraic notes here and it talks about of dragon nature. And when you begin the research the dragon or the discussion of dragon in the scriptures is referring to a people of a wild nature, um, 
oftentimes connected to what you call a a troglodyte. A troglodyte is pretty much a caveman. So basically he's saying that you come from or you act like people in a goddamn cave. You acting like a caveman, which is, you know, pretty much what you see of wild or uncouth behavior. Shall we take it back to the genetics again? Because we still can go there. The things we miss. Right? The things we're disconnected from. Without, withhold your foot from being unshod. And your throat from thirst. But you said... There is no hope, no, for I have loved strangers, and after them will I go. As a thief is ashamed when he is found, so is the house of Israel ashamed. They, their kings, their princes, and their priests, and their prophets... When he found out at the beginning, when he is found to be a thief and he was presumed to be faithful in this manner. Jonathan rendered it. You know, when you first find out somebody did something, they have shame. But over time, the shame diminishes. And they stand in their wrong attributes and they begin to make excuses for why they did the things that they did. But they they no longer have the shame is where we're going with this. Say to a stock, you are my father. To a stone, you have brought me forth. For they have turned their back unto me and unto their face and um, and not their face. But in the time of their trouble, they say, arise and save us, Father God in heaven. At the time of their misfortune, they say, oh, God, save us. We, they don't call on the on the on the on the rock and the stone of the gods of their, you know, the people that they got put up in the house because they got everything in the house attached to this. These are these are idols all over the house. Representations, right? Because y'all don't understand that the same thing. This is what he's talking about. Same stuff. But where are your Elohim that you have made? Let them arise if they can save you in the time of your trouble. For according to the number of your cities are your Elohim, O Judah. As many as your cities were your gods. And every city was another god. Wherefore? Will ye plead with me? Ye all have transgressed against me, says Yahweh. 
in vain I have smitten your children. They receive no corrections. Your own sword has devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. You have killed the people that came, that he set to turn you around. You didn't just kill them with the sword. You killed them with your mouth. And your actions. Oh, generation. See ye the word of Yahweh. Have I been a wilderness unto Israel? A land of darkness? Wherefore, say my people, we are lords. We will come no more unto you. Father, we somebody now. Us is somebody. We don't need you no more, girl. We got this. We we fancy. We don't need you. We got this. We 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 take care of ourselves. We don't need God. There is no God. No, where where is God? I do this. It's by the works of my hands that I feel and take care of myself. Ain't no need for me to come to you. There's no need for me to reverence you. There's no need for me to respect you. There's no need for me to adhere to the word that you've given unto me. Can a maid forget her ointments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Why trim your why trim you your way to seek love? Therefore have you also taught the wicked ones your ways. You adorn yourself to greet your adulterers. You dress up. You get all fancy to go to church. You get all nice and spiffy and you go. And you prepare yourself for your gaunts. And decked out splendor. Also in your skirts is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. I have not found it by secret search, but upon all these. You did not find them breaking in. You did not find them breaking in when you slew them. You did not find them. So does scripture say, for a famine, second person, singular. And there are many such examples in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 6, 58. You adorn them, but for all these, because they were reproving you for all these things. But you say, because I am innocent, surely his anger shall turn from me. Behold, I will plead with you, because you say, I have not sinned. You said in your heart, but I'm innocent, that I have not, that I have a purified, I have purified my soul. I contend with you. And I will come with you in judgment. 
why go you about so much to change your way? You also shall be ashamed of Mitzrayim as you were ashamed of Asher. So as they went looking for Egypt to help them come out of this mess, Asher also fell to the sword and was was taken over by Babylon. Yea, you shall go forth from him and your hands upon your head, for Yehoah has rejected your confidences and you shall not prosper in them. They say, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another's man's, shall he return to her again? Shall not that land be greatly polluted? But you have polluted the, you played the harlot with many lovers. Yet again, to me, I'm sorry, return again to me, says Yehoah. And according to Torah, you can't. Once you've divorced your husband, you can't go back to him. It's unlawful. So if you, you're in a relationship and you walk away from something, once you've walked away, you can't go back to that person. It's done. It's a wrap. It's over. And that's lawful. And if you return, you're in sin. It's an unlawful thing. It's a very unlawful thing. Uh, Just to say. A lot of us don't understand that. People don't really get it. But it's a truth nonetheless. But you can't. You can't. Once you leave your. your, The person you was with. You can't. You can't go back. You can't return back to them. And that still goes back to the scientific aspect of things. You can't keep laying with a whole bunch of people. It is it, it changes the woman's inward parts. Science have proven that to be true. Um it's just not healthy, uh, or spiritual. Lift up your eyes into the high places and see where you have not lain have been I mean, have see where you have not been lain with. In the ways have you set for them? As the Aravi, Aravi is Arabian or the term Arabian or like the people who dwell in the desert um, in tents, which proves what these niggas around here talking about. They used to stay in tents and is literally using the Arabic people who actually live in tents. As an example of understanding, meaning these people didn't live in tents as these stupid niggas. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. These niggas on the corner be talking so they can have a whole bunch of women live in the same house. Um, Just saying. Um, Here in the wilderness. And you have polluted the land with your whoredoms and with your wickedness. (laughs) Therefore, the showers have been withheld, and there has been no latter rain. 
and you had a whore's forehead. You refused to be ashamed. He said, you had what now? A whore's forehead. A whore's forehead, meaning their head should be lowered <laughs> in shame because of what they do. Oh, my God. Um, will you not from this time cry unto me, Yo, my father, you are the guide of my youth. Will you not? Cry unto me, my father. You are the guide of my youth. Will he reserve his anger forever? Will he keep it to the end? Behold, you have spoken and done evil things as you could. You understand God is pleading. It's like it's like a husband who really loves his wife and she out doing all kinds of manner of wildness and he's pleading with her to return home to come the kids need you and I need you and I'm I'm telling you to come home baby just just come on home he pleading with his wife because he loves her and he knows in the direction in which she going it's not going to benefit her but she's not listening probably because she has somebody controlling her and not really teaching her appropriately the way she should be as a wife we don't have values when it comes to our responsibilities in our relationships. I was a good wife. But my husband didn't respect that. And it's funny because the more he seeks to try to pull me back in that direction, he doesn't understand. I can't go back no way, even if I wanted to. I'm saying that I do. I'm just saying. Because he didn't appreciate what he had when I was there. But after the years going out and looking and searching, and then you realize, damn, I really had something. To the fact that we can't even have a friendship because he still keep trying to incorporate it. He thinks that, that, that there's, there's hope, even when we're being decent towards one another. And I keep telling him no. So he gets mad, and he acts like a child, and he stops talking to me because he doesn't get what he wants. And this is the, the same behavior as to the reason why I walked off from the relationship. Because he's selfish. When you can't think outside of anyone but yourself and your own selfish desires and needs, how can you appreciate when you have anything in your... He still has an incapability to understand what I represent in his life. When you understand what your role is and how you function in it and what you're supposed to do, you thrive in the role. 
when you understand what we should be doing towards one another, you can appreciate everybody around you. And even when people frustrate you, you can see the loving and the benefit of who they are inside. And the place that you constantly go to is what you see in them and what you can bring in their life. That's where you that's where you navigate from. And when you begin to see everybody in that in that manner, things are easier and but but how you are received around other people is really there. Don't get me wrong, niggas do be getting on my nerves. But you still can see the benefit of great growth in the people. So you hear God pleading with his wife to return home to him, even though she hasn't been faithful unto him. He wants to reconcile. (sighs) Because that's how much she means to him. Even though she doesn't deserve it. Yahuwah said also unto me the days of Yahshayahu the king. Have you seen that which backsliding Israel has done? She is gone up upon every mountain and under every green tree. And there has played the harlot. And I said, after she has done all these things, return unto me. But she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. So they both watching each other be unfaithful. Israel whoredoms are real bad. Judah saw some shit. They wasn't as bad as Judah. I mean, Israel, but they was bad. (laughs) And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel broke wedlock. And I put her away. And I gave her a sefer of divorce. Yet her treacherous suited sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. Hold on, y'all, my mom's calling. And it came to pass through the likeness of her whoredom, that she defiled the land and broke wedlock with stones and with sticks. Father God in heaven. You, you understand how the, how, the, how, the, how the Father say it defiled the land? And when the land is defiled, the, the land rise up. This is where you get your all kinds of uh, catastrophes from... Um, um, Storms and and everything rise up when it when when 
when the land is defiled. Um, and it, it's a whole nother story for something else. You know what I'm saying? And yet for all her treacherous sister has not turned unto me with her whole heart. Judah, it says, hasn't turned with him with her whole heart. But frighteningly, uh, says Yehoah. Seeing turn, so Judah didn't turn to him with their whole heart, partially, to some degree, but not in fullness. And Yehoah said unto me, the backsliding Israel has justified herself more than the treacherous Judah. So Israel was strong and 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 was brazen in their their disrespect to God more than Jew, Judah was. She had been cleared and so um, okay, so has proved has proved herself more righteous. Judah had proved herself to be a little bit more righteous than Israel. She had been cleared and she has freed herself from unfavorable verdict for she had one more. I mean, she had no one to learn from. Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, return you backsliding Israel, says Jehovah, and I will not cause my anger anger to fall upon you. For I am merciful, says Yehoah, and I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge your iniquity. Only acknowledge what you've done was, was wrong. That you have transgressed against Yehoah el And you have scattered your ways to the strangers under every green tree. And ye have not obeyed my voice says Yehoah. So not only did they do wrong, but then they taught the wrongness that they did to the people around them. You have rebelled and you have scattered your ways. This is an expression of harlotry, spreading the legs of a woman's private parts, you know, all over the town. It's just giving everybody some. You can have some. And, and, and they're in, in corporation of other people coming into their land doing the same wickedness too. Because mind you, after they went into captivity during, um, what is it called? Um, Assyria. The people, was it was other nations placed into their land. And so other nations was living in the land the same way the people was living until the land rose up against them. And then they cried and said, "Okay, well, we want to keep your ways since we stand in your land because we know we don't keep the ways that you were keeping. Then we can't stay here. It's not going to be safe for us because all kind of havoc is wreaking, wreaking havoc on us here. So they taught them their ways. This is how we ended up with. You already know this. Let's go. That's the story for another day. Turn, O backsliding children, says Jehovah, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. 
And I will give you pastors according to your heart. Leaders according to your heart. It doesn't even say pastors. It says I will give you leaders or um, else uh, um, powers, people to, to, you know, princes. I'm sorry, Adonai, I believe it should say. <clears throat> leaders, right? According to my heart, I will give you leaders that, that, that follow after my principle so that they would lead you in the right direction. People who govern over you should be in a righteous standpoint, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass when ye be multiplied and increased in the land. In those days, says Yahuwah, they shall say no more. The Ark of the Covenant of Yahuwah. Neither shall it come to mind. Neither shall they remember it. Neither shall they visit it. Neither shall that be done anymore. They will no longer say the Ark of Yehoah's covenant. For their entire assembly will be holy. And I will dwell therein as though it were an Ark. I will be there in the midst of you as though the Ark was actually there. So they don't even need the ark anymore because God himself will be dwelling with the people. He'll be amongst the people without their even needing to be the ark there. Neither nor shall they remember it, remember or mention, nor shall it be done anymore. It shall not be done what was done with it already in Shiloh. That they brought it into the battle of the Philistines in the days of Eli. At that time, they shall call Jerusalem the throne of Jehovah, and all the nations shall be gathered unto it, unto the land, to where the people are. All the nations will come and see this God that inhabits. And stays amongst the people. Because there's no need for the covenant anymore. You wonder why y'all they can't find the Ark of the Covenant? Because he just said ain't gonna need for ain't gonna be no need for one no more. To use the lion, neither shall they walk anymore after the imagination of the evil of their evil hearts. In those days the house of Judah shall walk. With the house of Israel will be one nation again, and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I have given for an inheritance unto your fathers. But I said, how shall I put you among the children and give you a pleasant land, a goodly heritage of the host of the nations? And I said, you shall call me my father, my Abba, and shall not turn away from me. Surely as a woman treacherously departs from her man, as an Ish treacherously departs from her, I mean, as an Ishad treacherously parts, departs from her Ish, so have ye dealt treacherously with me. O house of Israel, says Jehovah. A voice has heard upon the high places 
weeping and supplications of the children of Israel, for they have perverted their way. And they have forgotten Yehoah Elohim. Well, we have. Return, ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. Behold, we have come unto you, for you are Yehoah Eloheinu. Truly in vain is Yahshua. Truly in vain is salvation. Hoped from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Truly in Yahuwah Eloheinu is the Yahshua of Israel. Truly in God Most High, the salvation of Israel. Does it say Jesus next? No, it doesn't. For shame has devoured the labor of our fathers from our youth, their flocks and their herds, their sons and their daughters. We lie down in our shame and our confusion cover us. For we have sinned against Jehovah Eloheinu. We and our fathers from our youth even unto this day and have not obeyed the voice of Yehoah Eloheinu. These are the three chapters that I was told to read today. Let us depart from our evilness. Let us follow the ways of Yehoah in fullness. Let's try him, as he says, to see the things that he said he has for us. And before we go, I got one last thing for you to hear and really pay attention to what is being said, because it's going to line up of everything that God said earlier about the sins of the people. Let's get to it. Nothing but the truth. Listen to the end. I'm going to put my thumb in a butt. I'm going to put my thumb in a butt. I like girls kissing girls where I'm from. That's on the radio. Girls on girls. That's they, that's promoting lesbianism to my daughter as we driving to school. This song they playing with Drake. Hey, girls want girls where I'm from. Everything that you're saying has some truth to it. It's just the delivery. Oh, when you addressing evil, you can't worry about the delivery. When you looking at the conditions of our community, you can't worry about the evil. When you got kids, they kill kids and say we smoking on Tuka. <laughs> The delivery when these kids in Chicago were talking about smoking on Tuka. They weren't worried about the delivery. Y'all worried about the delivery. These niggas talking about killing each other. They really, that nigga thug said, nigga, I shot at your mama. You don't mention me no more. He really shot that nigga mama. I shot at his money, now he no longer mentioned me. And y'all worried about my delivery. These niggas are confessing to murders on songs. And y'all worried about my delivery? The conditions of black sucking them, talking about booty hole. Y'all worried about my delivery? Come on, don't be hypocrite, black people. Y'all can't listen to this music if y'all so caught up in my delivery. Don't do me like that. And the way y'all snap and pop y'all pussy to this music, the way y'all kill and drill to this music, don't trip about my delivery. He spoke nothing, but the truth lesson to... True facts, right? But we don't care. We don't care. We hypocrites. We really do. We listen to it. And and we embrace it. We have no problem with with the stuff we do. And we not realizing the things 
that we listen to is impacting our children. It's going into their ears. And we trying to figure out how and why they doing the things you didn't raise them to do. Well, you did raise them to do it. You raised them to do it through the music you let them listen to. My kids didn't listen to that music. They didn't grow up hearing it. It wasn't pumped in their ears. Just saying. You can't be mad at what you produce when you when you when you allowing your kids to hear and see stuff. And you trying to figure out what's wrong with them. What are they listening to? Who's around them? Who are they parents? Are you checking? Because I used to, I, I had to go visit the kids' parents that my children hang out with. I needed to know who in the hell is involved in my kids' life and what they believe. And what they teaching their kids. People might have said, ooh, you're doing too much. I didn't give a shit. Who you raising? Or are you raising? What do they know? What do they believe? What are you teaching them? What are you showing them by their actions or by your actions? Why are you teaching them one thing but letting them listen to another? Oh, come on, y'all.